Bibles up to Luke chapter 2. We're going to uh, continue our journey to Jerusalem, but we want to focus, we want to start in chapter 2 of the book of Luke. Uh, there are a couple things I just want to briefly say. Uh, one, we have for the very first time with us today, little Skylar Smith and mommy. So, amen. She's sleeping. Amen. So, Adam, lift your wife up instead. Amen. So, great to have them here today. Very excited for the family. And also, very excited, uh, yesterday, uh, they actually ended up having to go, to, they went to Oklahoma to uh, visit family last night and today. Uh, but Nancy Engel, Carla Garcia's mother, was baptized yesterday. So, very excited. And today, this afternoon, after church, uh, where's Diane Corrales? Diane, where are you? Diane? Stand up. Diane is getting baptized this afternoon also. Uh, amen. So very excited for both of these young ladies being added to the kingdom. So I have uh, a couple of announcements. Even though Alan's going to come up and do announcements, I, uh, I just want to bring these two up. He's going to talk about our party later tonight or this afternoon, our Christmas party, which will be a blast. We will have dinner there, 5 o'clock, and then skating afterwards. If you did not yet sign up, that's okay. They'll have skates there. Hopefully, they'll have your size. Uh, but this is all free and paid for, and uh, it'll be a great time together as a family. Uh, in January, for the sisters, you don't know me. So... If you have not yet seen this, this is the invitation. We want everyone to grab one. But, you know, the bottom line, you look at this thing, and first of all, you're thinking, man, who did these graphic arts? So who did these graphic arts? Who did those? So you got to go find them. Yeah, I know, Mr. G no, it wasn't me. It's Gabe Hernandez. So he is a master. And the second thing is, this is just a cool theme, you don't know me. So this is going to be a really cool Women's Day. So if you do not yet have some of these cards to invite your friends, please grab some on your way out. And if you're a man, you can take one or two and give them to your coworkers. Amen. So for singles, the end of this year. Wow. All right, as I say, wow, all right. There is a, uh, a masquerade ball at the end of the year, New Year's, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, but, and then also for the marrieds, uh, first weekend of March, uh, we have Ed and Deb Anton, amen, you and me, you and me forever, uh, and that will be uh, uh, in March, which is cool. Now, I do want to remind everybody, for those of us who are members of the church here, we have a book for you, Circle of Prayer, and we want everyone, each couple, to get at least one couple, one book per couple, one book per person, singles, campus, uh, teens. Uh, we want everybody in the church to be reading this book on prayer. Uh, there are a couple things in there that I'm like, eh, you know, but overall it's a good book. Um, I don't really agree with almost anything I read completely, uh, with the exception of the Bible, you know. <laughs> Got to throw that in there. Amen. Now, there are a couple points in, like, judges that I like, okay, God, what are you trying to communicate here? Um, 
But other than that, uh, it's a good book. So, not the Bible. <laughs> We're talking about the circle of prayer. Amen. All right. Now let's get, get serious. Amen. This is Bible time. This is serious. All right. So, Jesus never laughs. Amen. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. <laughs> All right. Luke 2. Verse 8, now there are shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. You know, last week, many of us had the opportunity to uh, have uh, hear Vince Hawkins talk about this verse. Peace on earth to all men who his favor rests. And I just, I just literally, I mean, I, I've read this scripture. I've shared this scripture. I thought Vince did a phenomenal job at, at talking about and sharing about this scripture. And just, you know, I think if there's one thing that when we read the paper, we look at the news, and we look at our lives and the lives of other people, peace is something that I think all men and women long for. But it rests on those of who his favor rests. You know, in Luke 2, we just read, I want to re read verse 10 and 11. And in verse 10 and 11, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. But it doesn't say peace for all people. He said this is a message of great news, or a good news of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Christ. See, the angels tell these shepherds who are in fear that they have good news of great joy. A Savior has been born. And you ask yourself, well, Savior, what does that mean? Well, it means one who saves. A Savior saves. Well, if a Savior saves, what does a Savior save from? Well, that's the point. That's the question. A Savior saves from any form or degree of evil. The Savior saved from evil. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. I want to look at a story now. I want to look at a story on the journey to Jerusalem. And this story is about a man who has no rest. He's wealthy. Probably influential because of his wealth. But he has no peace. The favor of God does not rest on him. He has no Savior. 
And so we pick it up in Luke chapter 19. And it's a story that perhaps many of us have read before if we read our Bibles. And it's the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And it says Jesus, as he was on his way to Jerusalem, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in statue. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. You know, one thing I love about the Bible and when you study it out and you know, you, you, you read and you read into and you understand the Greek and you understand just the different things that, that God is trying to help us understand about ourselves. And here you have, it just says Zacchaeus was, a, was wealthy, he's a chief tax collector, he was small. But when you understand the context, you understand that, okay, here's this man of great wealth who he pilfered from his own people. He's small in statue, a powerful, hated nobody, overcharging and taking a cut, the ultimate outsider. Living a tetiric life, earthbound lifestyle, ensnarled, entangled, involved, a life of separation and evil. That's Zacchaeus. But his wealth could not provide the thing that he wanted the most, above all else, and that was peace. Peace on earth to those who the Lord's favor rests. And so he wanted to see Jesus. He ran. He climbed. He put himself in a vulnerable situation. You know, when I think of this story, I think of <clears throat> Danny DeVito, of those of us who know or remember who Danny DeVito was. Danny DeVito running up, wanting to see Jesus, hearing about Jesus, knowing about Jesus, running, wanting to see him, but can't do it. One, because he's small, and two, probably because he's hated. And so no, no one let him through. And so he figures it out. He thinks about it. He goes, you know what? Looks like Jesus is going that way. And look, there's a tree. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run that way. No one's going to bother me. I'm going to climb up this tree. Why? Why did he do it? Why did this little man jump, climb up into this tree to be able to look down and watch as Jesus comes his way? 
Well, we don't know. We can speculate. But I think this scripture in Luke, another scripture in Luke, helps us understand why. Luke chapter 7, verse 33. Luke 7, 33, it says, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say, he's a demon or has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a tax or a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. You know, Jesus was simply known as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You know, Zacchaeus probably didn't have very many friends. Probably didn't have much peace. He probably didn't know anybody closely. But he heard about Jesus. And he heard that Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So maybe he wanted to go have a friend, meet someone that would be a friend to him. <laughs> Did I share about the, I don't know, if I, you know, if you're busy with this today, you get the lucky thing to hear a story for the very first time. If you're a member, you've probably heard this story like a dozen different times. <laughs> but let me tell you a story. <laughs> it was a story when I was in third grade in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we were out on the playground, and we were doing what little kids do, boys and girls, running around aimlessly, thinking we're having fun, not focused on anything, but we're just running everywhere. And there was a kid that was playing with us, and for the lack of a better word, he sharded all over himself. I don't know why. Sharding is a nice way of saying he probably thought he was farting and other stuff came out. If you have sensitive ears, I apologize. So, he made a mess on the playground. And you know little eight-year-old kids are very compassionate and loving. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, like, I don't remember what I did. But I remember seeing it and smelling it. And so I leave. Recess is over. And class is about to begin. And so I go to, I need to use the restroom. Before class starts. And so I go into the restroom. I'm all by myself, not realizing why. But boy, wow, that bathroom really smelled. And I walk in and, and I'm washing my hands. And I hear this kid's voice saying, Todd. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, will you still be my friend? <sighs> Eight years old. I'm pushing. That's 45 years ago. I still remember. Will you be my friend? Will you still be my friend? And, you know, I don't know what Zacchaeus was going through. I don't know what Zacchaeus was feeling. I don't know. But, but maybe he was hoping that Jesus would be his friend. 
You know, on a side note, I love this verse, you know, like, because Jesus is getting kind of ticked off at people who grumble. He's frustrated. And what happens is that he was frustrated here. He's frustrated in Luke chapter 7. He's just frustrated when there's just, there's an element of people that are always just not going to be happy and they're going to grumble. And, and so what Jesus said, he goes, you know what? You, you, John the Baptist came and he didn't eat and you called him a, a demon. And I'm coming and I'm eating and you call me a drunkard. You just, you can't win around you. But he says, wisdom is proved right by her children. What do you think that means? Wisdom is proved right by her children. Now, I could leave that question to you and let you run off and just think about it. And some of you would go and try to investigate. What does that mean? Some of you probably won't. So let me tell you what it means. <laughs> it means wisdom is going to be proved right by her children. Wisdom is going to be proved right by her offspring. Wisdom is going to be proved by those who hold to it and follow it. Pharisees, grumblers, Sadducees, people who grumble and question and doubt. You want to doubt? Great. Look at the results. Look at the results of the people who hold on to the words of John the Baptist. Look at the lives of the people who hold on to my words. Look at the changes. Because, see, those who do it, you're going to see changes. And it's going to prove right wisdom. It's going to prove right what I'm saying. You know, there's a lot of people that do a lot of things. And, you know, in of itself, it's like, okay, that's not a bad thing. You know, okay, I get it. I see why you're doing it. But, you know, you got to understand there's a pathway. You know, I was talking to my son last night and Patty, and, and we were talking about divorce, adultery, broken marriages. And, and it was cool because, I mean, Grant totally, he was like, this, is, th this began months ago, years ago. It just, you make a decision here, and if you don't stop it down the path, it'll eventually take you somewhere where you didn't really think you're going to end up. And so then you fall into, like, adultery, which eventually leads you to maybe divorce. Well, because it started, maybe because when you clicked on the computer and you looked at pornography. Or maybe when you let your heart be attracted to a coworker. Instead of nipping it in the bud, because, see, wisdom is proved right by her fruit. Known. You know, in this situation, Zacchaeus was known. He was not only known, but Zacchaeus was loved. Not only was he loved, but he was a friend. Not only was he a friend, but he was accepted. Here you have Jesus come, and, and he's calling the Israelites. He's calling the people of Israel. He's calling the people that he knew and understood. He understood their secret affairs their doubts, their insecurities. And he's walking with the crowds around him, and Zacchaeus was not hidden from him. 
And he looks up. And he goes, I know what you're going through. I know how you feel. And then Jesus insisted that this anonymous tree-climbing seeker should give way to a closer encounter. I must come to your house. I must get in your heart. I need to be, have a relationship with you. I'm your friend. And so Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus, and he made a bold statement. I must come to your house. You know, see, Zacchaeus, he was the son of Abraham. Zacchaeus knew that the people of Israel were a chosen people, a chosen tribe, loved, led, protected. For hundreds, if not thousands of years, Zacchaeus knew his heritage. He knew the law. He knew who he was. He knew he wasn't obeying, but he still knew who he was. And then he met Jesus. <laughs> you ever meet someone, you're like, ah, wow. I remember the first time I met Patty. I remember. I remember when we got engaged. I remember. I remember when we got married. Hey, the first one's like, oh, that's so cute. And then it was like, okay, you know, really? You know? Good, good, Todd. But see, after meeting with Jesus, <laughs> you know, something happened to Zacchaeus. After talking to Jesus just for that brief moment, what happened is that Zacchaeus took the law of Moses seriously. You know, sometimes when you got to meet someone, before it clicks. You got you to gotta go through some things before it clicks. You got to feel some things before it clicks. And here, Zacchaeus here, hey, Jesus is coming. I know he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I don't have any friends. I don't have any peace. I'm going to go climb up this tree. I know everyone's laughing at me. But come down. I must come to your house. And it clicked. And see, all of a sudden, Zacchaeus took the law of Moses really seriously. Because he, up to this point, he wasn't. The reason he made his money is because he was cheating all the people. And he was taking a cut of all the other uh, tax collectors. He was hated. He wasn't obeying the law. He wasn't obeying God. And then it clicked. And then, you know, when you, when you study out, like, uh, books of Leviticus and Exodus and Numbers and about restitution and about, you know, if you, if you sinned against someone and, you know, you had to pay back and do this and do that. And there were literally two types of restitution. There was voluntary, like, ah, uh, oi, I made a mistake. Okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay you back, and then I'm going to give you 20% on top of that. Not bad. But if you're caught, four times the amount. It was like a severe, you know what, if you hide this, we're going to find it out, and then you're really going to suffer four times. And so Zacchaeus said, hey, Lord, look, right now I give half of what I have to the poor, and if I've 
cheated anybody. Really? If you cheated anybody? Four times the amount. So now Zacchaeus took the law of the Lord incredibly seriously. And it seems that he accepted the harshest penalty of the law and applied it to himself. He didn't wait. I'm guilty. And see, acceptance by Jesus made money insignificant. I got Jesus. I got Jesus coming to my house. I got Jesus as my friend. I got Jesus. Who cares? Who cares about money? And see, his repentance came in the form of action. And now he had a new lifestyle because he had a new Lord. You know, you think of that joy and that gladness. The, the Greek word for joy is clarion. And literally it means rejoicing, an attitude of joy, just, just, just overflowing joy, excitement, happy. Gratitude, appreciation. And then Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. And see, the change of his lifestyle became evident of his new relationship with Christ and with God. And so, you know, you see this story of Zacchaeus, and, and we study this out, and, and literally it's just like, okay, this is cool, this is awesome. You look at this guy's heart and what he went through, and he wanted a friend. Peace on earth. Goodwill to men on whom his favor rests. Do you think that the favor of Jesus was now on Zacchaeus? Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> if Jesus would sit there and declare what he did, yeah, I'd say Jesus was probably pretty happy and excited about Zacchaeus and where he was at. But we're not done with the story yet. And see, what happened in the story is that when Zacchaeus came down and declared that he was going to give up all this stuff, then Jesus made a declaration. He says, today salvation has come to this house since he was also the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And see, now the second part of the story is that we have a Lord, not only who is a friend and known, but we have a Lord who is devoted See, the ultimate statement about Jesus was, the Son of Man came to. The Son of Man came to. Where do you else do you find that in the New Testament? That Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to. Jesus knew his purpose on earth. It wasn't to reform the religious relig or the Jewish religion. He didn't come to prove the Pharisees wrong. He didn't come and to bring in a military or a political kingdom. His purpose was to bring salvation to lost people. For Jesus came 
to do this. It wasn't to do this and do this and do that and do this, a little bit more of this. He says, you know, I came here. This is, a, this is the reason I came. I came to find the lost, save the lost. But what has lost me? What is the lost? Well, look up Webster. Lost. It was fascinating. I love looking at dictionaries at times. Lost. Unable to find the way. Mislaid, misplaced, missing. Now, I need to do a lesson because we're on the journey to Jerusalem. And you know, lostness is one of the big themes of the journey to Jerusalem. You see it in Luke chapter 13, when they corral Jesus and say, Jesus, are only a few people going to be saved? And then he spends a whole chapter in 15 talking about the lost coin. The lost sheep and the lost son. So lostness is a big theme with Luke and Jesus. You know, and we could talk about, we will talk about lostness because I'm going to do a lesson on lostness. I just said I was. So, but let me just tell you this. You know, I think unfortunately in Christianity, you know, we have this like lostness is hell. You're going to burn. You have long hair, harlot. You're going to burn. Really? Really? You know, it says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is hell? What is separation? It's a separation of ultimate love. Lostness is separation from love. You imagine, okay, God is love. And then all of a sudden you realize you're separated from that love. Think about what you love the most right now. And it can't be food and it can't be an inanimate object. It's going to be probably a person. But if you think about what you love the most right now, imagine always now being separated from that. Whether or not it's your parents, whether or not it's your spouse, maybe it's your child, separated for eternity. That's lostness. Again, we're going to do a study on it. And see, that's why they'll be weeping, because they're sorrowful. And that's why some will be gnashing their teeth, because they're angry and bitter. Because both knew they had chances. To have that closeness of love. So peace on earth, goodwill to men on whom his favor rests. You know, Jesus dedicated three year, the three years of his earthly ministry to finding people who knew they were lost and then showing them to way, the way to God's salvation. Then you ask yourself, well, what is salvation? Well, guess what? It's kind of like Savior. Salvation is deliverance from evil or danger. Saved can be translated made well, healed, made whole. Not just the condition of the soul, but rather a life affected by the ministry of Jesus, a foretaste of what is to come. And see, here now in the story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was no longer an outsider. 
He was no longer separated. He no longer was not a friend. Now he's a friend of Jesus. So if you're visiting with us, and if you're a member with us, I have now a, what I call a so what? So what? So we sang a lot of nice songs. Alan did a great job. We just got into the word, and we looked at Zacchaeus. So what? <laughs> Three so what? <laughs> if you're visiting with us, here's something simple. No Jesus, no peace. If you're visiting with us, and you're like, yeah, you know what? Okay, what am I going to walk away with this? No Jesus. Because then you'll know peace. And I hope if you're visiting with us, you'll want to know Jesus. You'll get to know Jesus. And if you're a member, a disciple, someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus, two questions. What kind of friend do we tell the world that Jesus is? What do we tell the world what kind of friend Jesus is? Because, see, Jesus was known as a, a friend of Pharisees, and or he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Do we tell the world that Jesus is their friend? Do we tell the world that Jesus is peace? Do we let people know who really Jesus is? And see, that would be my encouragement for all of us who know Jesus. And then the third, second question I'd ask you is, are we dedicated to the purpose of Jesus or Jesus' purpose? Jesus says, I came to. This is why I'm here. Are we devoted to that similar purpose? Do we have the mindset that, okay, if Jesus came to do this, then you know what? That needs to be my purpose as well. To tell people about Jesus. To help them have peace. Help them to understand what it means to have that love and that relationship for eternity. And so I hope each one of us are active because we still live in a lost world. We're very much lost today as we were 2,000 years ago. And so my question is, are we focused on the purpose of Jesus? Do we know peace? What kind of friend do we tell the world Jesus really is? And I hope as we take communion, we'll consider his love. We'll consider being known like Zacchaeus was known. And everything that we go through, we have a Lord that completely understands what we're going through. And that we can have the peace because his favor rests on us. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Father, our God, we come to you now this time humbled and grateful for this opportunity to give you glory and honor. God, we pray that we'll understand your purpose, we'll understand, Father, your love for us, and the God that we will share with others, Father, what kind of friend your son is to this world. 
that we're loved, we're believed in, we're accepted. God, I pray that we'll be active in that purpose, that each one of us will help other people find out, find out more about your son Jesus. God, we do love you. We are humbled and grateful. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the shedding of his blood and now his life that you've given us as we take communion. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.